In John Grisham's book, The Firm, his lead protagonist goes to work for a group of lawyers down south that does business with the mafia. And to keep its lawyers in line, the firm spies on everyone. Why? Well, they need damaging information on their own employees. They want to know if one of their employees is having an adulterous affair. Why? To use it against them, to keep them in line. And apparently Fox News took a page out of Grisham's novel, The Firm. We are now hearing reports that a senior producer for Maria Bartiroma is willing to testify under oath that she was asked by Fox News management to spy on Maria. Why spy on one of your own anchors? Well, to find out if she's loyal. Is she looking to go someplace else? Or, as seems to be the case with Maria Bartiroma, Fox News executives wanted to know if she was sleeping with Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy. Apparently, the rumor over at Fox News was that Maria Bartiroma was sleeping with Kevin McCarthy and management wanted answers, or at least Tucker Carlson certainly did. When Maria's producer moved to go work for Tucker Carlson, that's the very first thing he asked her. Is Maria Bartiroma sleeping with Kevin McCarthy? Now, you don't only spy on your anchors just because the people at the top want gossip. Fox apparently asked workers to spy on their anchors and other employees to get actionable dirt, to make sure they do as and say as they're told, to make sure that they can't go anywhere else or ask for more money without the muck that's been uncovered, bubbling to the surface and humiliating that employee, that Fox anchor, who's either thinking of leaving or of scorching the place should Fox decide to fire them. And it's important to keep in mind that Fox News is not an outlier. This is how politics, Hollywood and corporate America have always operated Fox News just happens to be run by idiots who keep getting caught. Getting dirt on your supposed allies, your co-workers. This is how things work in corporate America, either tacitly or implicitly. Read the New York Times. Read the articles that have been written about Anthony Pelicano, the detective who was known in Hollywood as The Fixer. Read about how criminal attorneys, divorce attorneys, would hire Anthony Pelicano to get dirt so that court cases would miraculously disappear. Plaintiffs would miraculously be willing to settle for a lot lot less or not sue at all. Divorces went away. Read about how Anthony Pelicano would give big stars accused of rape A heads up on what the detectives who are about to charge the big star, what they have on the star so that the big star would know how to alter his testimony so he could come across as innocent. Read about how Hollywood's top managers would hire Anthony Pelicano 
to spy on their very own clients, to get dirt on their own clients, to keep their clients from leaving or from suing them. You know, your client accuses you of stealing from them, been known to happen. Managers and clients, managers tend to steal money from their clients. You hire Anthony Pelicano, he digs up some dirt on the client you're stealing from, and your client suddenly goes, you know what, on second thought, salute, keep it, it's yours. What do you think the CIA does? You think it's keeping us safe from terrorists? Or do you think most of its time is spent spying on our allies, digging up dirt to protect America's financial interests? I think most of the work the CIA does is protecting America's financial interests by digging up dirt because it is dirt that makes the world go round. Why do you think Donald Trump became president? Why? Because everyone has dirt on him, including Putin. That's who the people in charge want in charge. Someone who has a lot to hide. Same goes for Biden. I'm voting for Biden. But the same rule applies to Biden. The old guard in the Democratic Party likes Biden because he can be bought. He's got things to hide. Now, that's the truth. He's got things to hide, which makes him attractive to the people who run the Democratic Party because it's easier to control somebody who has something to hide. Now, I want the Republicans to leave Hunter Biden alone. It benefits nobody to destroy this man's life. Leave Hunter Biden alone. But when you're a crack addict who owes $1 million in back taxes, and at the same time, you're working with your father, who is Joe Biden, and your Uncle Jimmy to make money, you're going to leave behind a trail. A trail that tells the people who run the Democratic Party, Joe Biden has a lot to hide. We can control him. Put him out there in front. The dirtier you are, the more power you accrue. The Clintons were filthy. The Kennedys were filthy. The Bush family was filthy. LBJ was filthy. Filthy. It was their dirt that made them so attractive to the real people in charge. Politics isn't just about compromise. It's also about compromised people. If you want more money, if you want more power, then you must show me some dirt to make sure I can keep you in line. You're listening to The David Feldman Show, you happy, self-actualized hump. The Reverend Barry W. Lynn has a new book out. His trilogy, Paid to Piss People Off, Prayer, Porn, and Protest. Peace. That would be peace. Peace. We're going to do it again, and then you'll get it right. Peace, (laughs) peace, prayer. Peace, porn, porn, and and prayer. prayer. In in that order, yes. Peace, porn, and prayer. Three books, the trilogy is entitled Paid to 
Piss People Off. It's published by Blue Cedar Press. You can buy it at Blue Cedar Press. You can go to BarryWLynn.com, go to Barnes & Noble, or the other place that, uh, that we don't talk about, but you know what I'm talking about. Before we talk about prayer, I want to know how I can get in touch with uh, Leonard Leo. He is a, a good friend of the Thomases. He uh, is, is very generous with his hospitalities. And I guess he pays the tuition for one of Clarence Thomas's nephews who he's raising as a child. And he puts the wife, Ginny, on salary. How do I get hospitalities from conservative billionaires like Leonard Leo? And what's wrong with a Supreme Court justice accepting hospitalities? He's not going to who's he hurting? Just the American people. Like I said, no, who cares? <laughs> no, it's just it's day after day after day of scandal. And I rarely would want to blame just one justice. But Clarence Thomas is a man with obviously no moral standing at all. He can quote scripture. He can talk about how many times he goes to church. But as far as I'm concerned, and I think a lot of people feel this way, he is a loathsome liar. He lied to get on the court. He had the nerve at one point during his confirmation hearings when asked about abortion. He said, I, I never talked about it. I never talked about it. How can you not talk about one of the seminal decisions, the most important decision that is stuck in the brains of everybody living in the 60s, 70s and beyond? He's a liar. He also said he believed in the separation of church and state. Maybe he believed in the separation of church and state on Mars, but he sure has never, ever done anything to suggest that he understands the principle here in the United States. He says he didn't know that it might be an ethical problem when he takes hundreds of thousands of dollars from this major donor and, and is subsidized on vacations for he and Ginny. And then the two things that you mentioned that just came up this week, the fact that uh, someone is paying uh his his wife. And then we've got, you know, we've got others. John Roberts, of course, refused to testify this week before the Senate Judiciary Committee. Uh, and his wife was, first of all, she ran something called Feminists for Life hmm. at the time that she was, um, uh, th that he was nominated. And um, I do remember this rather difficult conversation that I had along with the heads mainly of of women's rights organizations at the time who said, you know, we can't impute to Justice Roberts the feelings of his wife, because if this was the opposite gender reversal, it would be scandalous for us to say, well, we just assume she believes what her husband believes. And that was a principled position. I later found out that uh, when this very issue came up with a right wing group of lawyers uh, who used to meet every Monday on the telephone, it came up. They, they were looking at each issue. They said, what about abortion? And one of the people said, John's wife is the head of feminists for life. And everybody said, yeah, yeah, that's right. 
That's in other words, they didn't even take a minute to discuss it. They just assumed it to be true. Right. And and although possibly for some, you know, so he gives the appearance of not being as crazy as some of his colleagues. He hasn't voted in the most extreme way in every single abortion case, but just enough to make a horrible difference. And she collects, what, $12 million as a headhunter, <clears throat> correct? She, she is a headhunter now. I don't know if she makes $12 million. I've heard that number, but it sounds like... Uh, $12 million over a, a, a couple Over of a years. period of time, yeah, yes. Right. That I can certainly believe. So yeah. it's not unusual for a Supreme Court justice to testify, I think, 40 times in modern history. Supreme Court justices have been called on Capitol Hill. It's not a separation of uh, powers thing. No. So he's just uh, and then if you subpoena him, uh, it's challenged (laughs) in the courts. Right. And then he gets to decide. I had a question we we did. It was Law Day over at the Ralph Nader Radio Hour, and we had a a tribute, a celebration of tort law. And I asked a question, and we didn't have time to really address it. Can you bring a civil case against a Supreme Court justice? Is there a way for uh, a tort claim Against Clarence Thomas. I don't know what it would be, but can you sue? No. Well, you, no, you can't because you'd end up in exactly the same position. You'd have to have it appealed. Let's say some lower court said, sure, you can do that. We'll hear the case. It would be appealed before it's heard. And when it's appealed, it's appealed into the same as corrupted a system, the federal appeals court, as is today the corrupt United States Supreme Court. So you won't win. You don't have a chance. You can't expect Clarence Thomas, for example, uh, to recuse himself merely because he's a party, because there is nothing wrong in his mind with all of these machinations. And there, uh, we tried at Americans United to get him rec- to recuse himself on one case, and uh, it got us a little press attention, but it got us no result. You're giving me the same answer Ralph gave, yeah. and this is why I'm asking you, because I, I, I didn't have time for a follow-up. Okay. So you're telling me realistically, but theoretically, can yeah. you— Can you bring a Supreme Court justice into the civil courts, theoretically? Yes, you could. And if you had a cause of action like the justice's dog bit you on the way to the subway stop, uh, you could do that. And there would be some courts who would say that's so entirely outside of the duties of a Supreme Court justice, you could bring such a suit. But anything that you try to say that will tie the conduct or the opinions of Justice Thomas to any harm to you, it has to harm you, you're out of luck. There's no way. See, I know you're, asking, you're talking pragmatics. I'm talking no, 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 but, I mean, you theoretically. Can do, you can, yeah, but you can sue. Uh, I think I've been saying this for three years on this show. You can sue anybody about anything. You can file papers. You can sue. And uh, 
the person has to respond. So he would have to have someone respond and explain why he cannot be sued. But, you know, this is the you can love it or hate it. But in America, you can pretty much sue anybody for anything at all, no matter how frivolous. Some police officers in some cities and some states have qualified immunity. I'm going to assume that you cannot bring a president of the United States into a civil trial for a drone strike. Or can you? No, there was a, a while when uh, Vince Bugliosi, the guy who prosecuted Charles Manson, did have a theory where he thought, uh, and he wrote a whole book about it, that the, a prosecutor could prosecute for the illegal war in Iraq and Afghanistan uh, just on the making the claim that persons within the jurisdiction of that attorney or gen attorney general of his estate or whatever the local equivalent would be, that would be a suitable way to sue and to get the war challenged in a court. Uh, it never went anywhere, to my knowledge, and I used to talk to Vince a lot, but it, no one ever took him up on it and tried to charge Bush with a war. We're talking with the Reverend Barry W. Lynn. I didn't mention that you are an ordained minister in the United Church of Christ, the Reverend Jeremiah Wright's church. Yep. And you're also a lawyer and a member of the Supreme Court bar for nearly a quarter of a century. You ran Americans United for separation of church and state. Before we get to your book, I want to ask you about Alvin Bragg in Manhattan. He's the Manhattan DA and Fannie Willis, the Fulton County DA in Georgia. There are some Democrats who are worried about local DAs prosecuting sitting or past presidents. They say that in the future, this there could be blowback that we could have a Democratic president who is taken to court by a radical district attorney in a red state. I say, good. I, I think it's a great idea to have district attorneys prosecuting our politicians until we finally get one who's hasn't broken the law. <laughs> I'd say amen to that, you know, right? the, theologically and legally. That is exactly the position you should take. When people worry about everything, and as they used to worry about expanding the size of the Supreme Court, I can't, I'd be, I'd, I'd be really well off if I had like a dollar and a half for every progressive who, if you brought this up four years ago, would say, well, what do you want to do? Raise it to 13? Yeah, that's a start. Well, then when the Republicans get in, they'll raise it to 17 and on and on and on. That, too, would not be a bad thing. Right. It, there's nothing magical about nine members on the Supreme Court. It's not in the Constitution. Historically, after the Civil War, we only had eight for a while. And uh, as this you know, TV shows, eight is sometimes enough. Right. Right. All right. Prayer. Prayer. I was talking to Dr. Harriet Farad on a previous show. We have some questions here. Let me get to the questions. Sure. 
This is from Gregory. Tell us about the new Ten Commandments in Classrooms Law in Texas. This is from Nancy. If the number of seats on the Supreme Court was increased to be equal to the number of circuit courts, wouldn't that solve the problem of unfettered growth of the number of seats? Ian uh, asks, does the Reverend Barry consider it possible that even the GOP or its base will agree to force the Supreme Court to submit to oversight? And Tom Weber says, dumb question. It's never a dumb question. There's, there's, I always say to my kids, there's no such thing as a dumb question, just dumb children. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll bet you don't say that out loud. I don't them. say that. Well, because they're, they're probably as tall as you are. By yeah, now. they are. They yeah. are. Well, okay. So Even though I, try, you know, I didn't feed them. I, I kind of <laughs> tried to stunt just for my own protection. Uh, Tom Weber asks, what is the logic of having an odd number of justices on the Supreme Court? Would there be any argument for changing the Constitution so that we have an even number of Dems and Republicans on the Supreme Court or better, an equal number of conservatives and progressives so that we have to have at least a majority of votes in agreement in order to have a final ruling? And Catherine writes, instead of increasing the number of Supreme Court justices, why can't we charge the last three Republican judges with perjury and Uh, impeach them before they obviously lied to get confirmed? A good collection of questions. Um, What are they doing in the Ten Commandments cases? There was a a very brief opinion written uh, by the old Supreme Court, that is the court before it become corrupted, that said you could not put the Ten Commandments in every classroom. And uh, that pretty much curtailed the interest, except this kind of interest that they have now. And that is, let's go challenge something that we think is settled law. And let's see what these three or four incompetents most recently appointed to the Supreme Court want to do. There is a principle called stare decisis. In other words, you're supposed to stay with the kind of the opinions as they are to give the public an understanding of what they can and cannot do. Nobody cares about that anymore. And indeed, that's why there is no Roe versus Wade now, because they just overturned the principles before and then had the gall to go back and say, well, it was kind of always It was never decided correctly at the beginning. What they want to do with these cases of the Ten Commandments is they want to um, see if they can get some state to pass it and then have it challenged and then work its way up the federal system to the United States Supreme Court. And just as a footnote, they could do the same thing with creationism. There are two very solid cases, both from Louisiana. One said uh, they prohibited the teaching of human evolution. That was declared unconstitutional. And then in an only slightly uh, later case from, from Louisiana, the issue was, could you give balanced treatment to the teaching of evolution, which is science, and something called creation science, which is religion masquerading as science? And again, the majority of the court said you couldn't do it that violated the law but it would be great some people are saying on the creationism front they're doing the same thing west virginia just barely defeated an effort to include uh what's called intelligent design another phony way to describe 
uh, you know, God creating the universe as as science. They're desperately trying. And I couldn't, I was on a, a teaching a class earlier this week. I said, I couldn't be sanguine. I couldn't really be sure that either in the case of the Ten Commandments or most importantly, creationism, I think they might be able to literally overturn precedent because they don't care about precedent. The, the problem I'm up against is I can't keep up with their insanity. And now they want to get rid of no fault divorce in Texas. No fault divorce yeah. <laughs> is about 30 years old and yeah. it allows women to leave a marriage. Two thirds of all marriages are dissolved by women. And, yep. you know, most most men go, why don't you, honey, don't you want to stay in this abusive relationship? You know, and it's women who want out in the past sure. before no fault divorce. The man had to let the woman had to give the woman grant a woman a divorce. That's and right. Their only, the women's only option was either to commit suicide or kill their husbands. That's right. And both happened. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, and then just and I'll get back to the other questions about the numbers. But there's a case that's going to be heard by the Supreme Court. They just decided to take it this week in the next term that will give the possibility that the Supreme Court will change the standard for considering whether agency actions, actions by Health and Human Services or the Environmental Protection Agency are constitutional is this the chevron is this a chevron yes, is a chevron issue and uh this could and of course uh, the latest and 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 seemingly the best person on the uh kind of side of reason has recused herself katanji brown uh because she was involved in a case at a, at the low at a lower level court so she did the right thing she recused herself but the other guys don't and this would literally mean that no matter who was in charge of the congress and the presidency if he or she decided to impose legitimate but strict uh some kind of consequences some kind of actions to stop pollution for example the supreme court would say well you know we're not scientists but this sounds unconstitutional to us the constitution that they're reading the four people i just mentioned is a constitution similar to the one that you know you might find on mars since we haven't been there it's not about the united states constitution the court nine people who are not elected and in most cases frankly couldn't be elected to public office literally would be given the power to make all the judgments about health about women's reproductive rights about the environment and about the very nature of the court itself if somebody said, oh, couldn't they just overrule that? If the Senate and the House and the president all wanted to overrule a decision of the Supreme Court, they couldn't do it now. That's why you have to get more people on the court okay. to, to do it. Here's yeah. what I'd like to do, because we only have five minutes left sure. and I'm not okay. doing justice to pay to 
piss people off. Okay. So you can you you will be back here Thursday, correct? I will be back on Thursday. Okay. So let's yes. in the five minutes we have left, and I apologize to no everybody. Uh, paid to piss people off is the name of your trilogy, right. and one of the books is entitled Prayer. Yep. You are a reverend. Yep. Tell me about prayer. Do you pray? I do pray. But you know what? I have never, ever heard of a person forced to pray that became a better person because of it. I can. There are plenty of people. You know, we had a, on the show some months ago, the Reverend Rob Shank, a man who changed his whole mind about everything. And he did it in part by prayer. And, uh, and through you. And through me. And I was, you know, I was a little surprised he gave me that much credit. But I also, to go back to Leonard Leo, uh, two weekends ago, I was back in Washington for this religious liberty convention. And a guy came up to me who used to work for something called the Beckett Fund. And I used to have these debates with, uh, his name was Kevin Hassan, who was the director. And this guy came up to me and I... He was their communications guy. I said, uh, what are you doing? He said, I quit. They forced me out. And he told me that he had been providing information, among other people, to the Washington Post, which just today did another piece explaining how Leo is so involved in so many organizations, all of which are determined to turn America into a Christian theocracy. And I, we, you know, we, we talked for 10 or 15 minutes. People do see the light. They do come to their senses. Sometimes it, they might do damage along the way, but they see through these people because one of the things about the religious right, I think there are people on the religious right, the leaders, the people that you've seen over the decades on television and heard on radio, who honestly believe what they're saying. But then you also have charlatan after charlatan after charlatan who want people to think they believe X, Y, and Z, even if they believe A, B, and C. So they want the money. We, uh, we have two minutes sure. left. These That's billionaires who are funneling money to Ginny Thomas and Clarence Thomas say we have no business before the court. In other words, my business, my billions of dollars are not before the court, but how I donate those billions secretly are before the court my, my, through my religious beliefs, the way I fund anti-abortion, all these the, the sure. creationism. So they have Nothing but business before the court. We don't even know who's paying for these amicus briefs, right? Isn't there dark money involved? Oh, yeah, there, there is dark money. But, you know, frankly, a lot of these groups are so happy to file these briefs, to publicize the briefs, and then to claim that their brief was kind of the tipping point that made the Supreme Court see the light. So they don't hide it as deeply as you might hide in the shadows if you were planning to knock somebody over the head after they came out of a restaurant. Right, right. But they're so happy to do it and claim credit for it and 
claim credit, therefore, for literally changing the landscape of the United States. In the book Prayer, do you talk about being the recipient of an imprecatory prayer? And what is an imprecatory prayer? Yeah, an imprecatory prayer is a prayer that someone prays against you for you to die or to become seriously ill. And I had, as far as I know, I still have two pastors praying for my death on a regular basis. One of them I did run into uh, in a hotel lobby once. And he came over and he was like, oh, Barry, I'd like you to meet. And he introduced me to some other religious uh, right figure. And uh, I said, yeah, well, you know, I've, I've, I've been listening for those prayers. I'm waiting for something to happen and hasn't happened yet. And he just laughed. They do believe, though, and, and I, I think it's important that people understand this. When somebody prays for your death and they are truly a, well, an ill-equipped, perhaps, member of the clergy, they will say, but it, there are Bible passages in which people pray for the death of someone else. And they're right uh, Usually the offense was something more than irritating them by filing a complaint with the Internal Revenue Service about the way they were conducting their business. We, 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 we have to make phony phone calls again, Reverend. That would be fine with me. We should call these prayer lines and ask them to do some. <laughs> do you do imprecatories? Yeah. <laughs> the Reverend that Barry. Fine. That would be fine. Uh, thank you for, for coming on as Absolutely. always. Come, we'll talk about the book will continue to talk about the book. Go buy Paid to Piss People Off. It has the Feldman guarantee. If this book doesn't stimulate you, I will reimburse you. I will pay you back. Go buy Paid to Piss People Off. It is published by Blue Cedar Press. You can buy it by going to Blue Cedar Press. You can go to barrywlin.com. Barnes and Noble or the other place, buy the book. Go buy this book. It's got the Feldman guarantee. Stay out of trouble, Reverend. Only good trouble. Great. Thanks you. Thank you. You're listening to the David Feldman Show. You happy, self-actualized hump.